0: They didn't know it at the time. My friend, Dr. Fern Pinkston, who wanted to make sure you knew this was her story and that I'm telling it with her permission, my friend, Dr. Fern Pinkston, regularly tells a story when she teaches about a moment in her family when everything had changed. That much she knew. That much they all knew. She was a young adult at the first family Thanksgiving after her parents had split up with fireworks. It was messy and painful and dramatic. Multiple people in the story went to jail, not for very long, but like still. There had been other loss too, including the death of the beloved grandparent who had always convened this Thanksgiving gathering. They'd always had the meal itself, of course, but maybe even more important than that was the sharing that happened on Thanksgiving night. Everybody in the family would prepare and rehearse something. A song on the piano or a duet for two guitars and two voices. People planned in advance and the kind of family talent show that happened as a result was something that they all looked forward to. But that first holiday, after everything had changed, it fell apart. People had gamely showed up, but it wasn't the same. The Fern had pulled hard to make the tradition happen anyway. The familiar anticipation, the rhythm of the day. In my mind's eye, I see her in a certain evening light, lamplight, trying to get the family together in one room, in one place. But that's just my imagination about it. I mean, in my imagination about it, because I know her so well enough well well enough to picture it, I see her face drawn and anxious and a little irritated and ultimately just sad. Family had gathered, but people were missing. Their absence is heavy and noticeable. The family had eaten, but now what? That night, the talent show never really got off the ground. People resisted and, and all of Fern's efforts to rally people fell flat. And finally, She was alone with her uncle, Eric, just the two of them, debriefing just some of what had happened, grieving just some of the losses. He summed it up when he said, remembering all those years and all those feast days and all that music, we didn't know it, but those were the good times. When I was growing up as a preacher's kid, many, many Sundays and many holidays we'd have guests over. Often my mother would try to invite folks who might not have a place to go otherwise, who would be alone. Sometimes these were also people that my brother and I thought were the weird ones, um, but they were the ones who needed the invitation, right? But whether we found the guests irritating or not, even whether my parents particularly liked them, that wasn't the point. We worked our way through the list of church people sitting down most Sundays with folks who had walked across the driveway from church to our house after worship. We had so many guests, so many weeks, so many holidays, that the question became is somebody coming over or is it just us? And just us still, for me, carries a particular feeling that's like way more than those two little words. Just us. It's the stillness after all the activity, it's intimacy, of course. It's easiness not having to be some kind of public self. And I I don't know, as I wrote this, I was like, maybe every household has that just us sense of things. Maybe it's not particular to being a preacher's kid. There's another kind of just us, in my experience, a just us that comes after the disaster, after the funeral, after everything has changed. Now it's just us figuring out what's next with who's left. That's the kind of just us that these disciples had this Sunday night walking home to Emmaus. There had been the feast of Passover, the crowds in from all over, much farther away than Emmaus. And on top of that, there had been this spontaneous parade a week before when their teacher rode into Jerusalem and this thing caught fire. I mean, this movement that they'd been part of really was going to take off, they thought. This thing that they had thought was possible, that they had hoped for, it had happened. Because it wasn't just them anymore. It wasn't just this niche thing, right? It was all of these people who could see it and feel it. And there were big, bold moves. The scene in the temple and clearing out all those marketplace trappings, getting back to, you know, the radical core of faith and life that mattered, not just for them, but for all people. Hadn't he said that? I mean, hadn't he said that the temple was a house of prayer for all people? He wasn't afraid to stand up to those in power. And it it just seemed, it just, and then it all fell apart. Jesus executed, the disciples scared and scattered. And now it's just them headed home with the further weird news that his body was gone. They've got a seven mile walk to talk it all over their faces drawn, anxious maybe, sad. And that's when Jesus showed up, or rather, as far as they were concerned, that's when this stranger showed up. And they had a great conversation. This guy, like the only person in Jerusalem who didn't know all of this stuff that had just happened. So they filled him in and and maybe in a kind of shock, they didn't hold back. They told him not just what had happened to Jesus, how he'd been killed, but also their hopes before all that and and the astounding news about his body being gone and angels apparently, angels who said he was alive. And then this guy went on and on about scripture, going all the way back through Moses and the prophets until they got home near dark. So they invited him in, a stranger, now a guest. Fern's family eventually stopped trying to have Thanksgiving in the old way. There was way too much bad blood, too many family dynamics and politics around who got invited and who didn't, and who got invited but would eternally hurt everyone's feelings by never showing up. But Fern's a true believer and a consummate convener. She wants to bring people together for meals, and events, and learning, and gardening, and grieving, and sharing stories, and something really delightful that she calls the show-and-tell show. So she wasn't gonna let the possibility of this family gathering go completely. This winter, she organized a family trip, not for the first time. But this time, nobody acted like, oh, I didn't know that that plan was really happening. Nobody flaked out, or backed out, No one got weird about room assignments. And in fact, someone invited Fern to share the very room she'd hoped to stay in, the one with the big fireplace. There were late night conversations with just one or two people. There was an easiness to the big group meals, no awkward public meals spread out at a long restaurant table, just the intimacy of their Airbnb and why don't we just have leftovers tonight? One night they were in the backyard, the twinkle lights on in the growing darkness the little kids playing by a creek there. And with the sound of conversation behind them, Fern and her uncle Eric were together again, alone, in lawn chairs. Fern, he said, getting her attention. He gestured around them. These are the good times. There are three times in which to really know an event according to a dear departed pastor named Fred Craddock, a short guy with a twinkly little face. Anyway, he says there are three times to know an event. In rehearsal, at the time of the event, and when you remember it. In rehearsal, when you're anticipating a thing, your understanding of it is limited because, I mean, because it hasn't happened yet. Technically, it's not even 100% certain that the thing will happen. Then, when it is happening... Your presence, your attention is sort of limited by the muchness of it. If you're married, think about your wedding day, right? So many people, so much busyness and activity and logistics, so fast. When you're remembering the thing, though, you have the advantage of time and space and reflection. You can make meaning then. You can integrate what happened on that day or on that trip, in that exchange, In the book of Luke, especially in these resurrection stories, there's a pattern in which people understand by remembering. The women at the tomb this same morning were told by angels, remember what Jesus said to you. And then they remembered. And then they sprang into action, going to tell others what they'd experienced. These disciples on the road home, they didn't know it at the time when they were walking with a stranger that it was Jesus. They didn't know it at the time when he was talking through all those scriptures that he was talking about himself. They didn't know it at the time while, he un- while they unpacked the groceries they'd carried home and set the table that their guest was about to be their host. It wasn't until after the meal, after the stranger took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave thanks, that familiar rhythm opened their eyes. Then they remembered. And then they recognized that, oh right, while we were walking, our, our hearts were burning within us. And they remembered. And then they recognized that he had been opening the scriptures for them. They remembered. And then they sprang into action, going all the way back to Jerusalem to tell the others what they'd experienced. Here's the pattern. You are invited as a guest. There is prayer a blessing, bread is broken, and suddenly it's Jesus. Again and again and again, and it's always just us, the intimacy and the easiness, and it's never just us because there are always more people getting invited. Some of them who are just as weird and irritating as we are And we never know it at the time, but each time we remember that he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to us. And in remembering, we know. We never know it at the time, but it'll be Jesus again and again and again. And some of us will spring into action to tell others, to invite them. And some of us will recognize, once we get the chance to think about it, times when our hearts were burning within us, when it must have been Jesus himself talking to us. And some of us Some of us will realize that after all that, even after all that, we have hope again. And some of us, having experienced a feast for which it turns out we've always had all the ingredients for, some of us will know right now that these times too are good.